Hello, Cleveland. This is A.K. Allen Keller from the Too Much Effing Perspective podcast, and welcome to Quick Taps, our short cast where we ask our friends to share the best Spinal Tap moments from their lives, thus ruining any future book deals they may have envisioned. Ha ha, suckers! Our theme today is Spinal Tap moments that become feel-good moments, when our guests pull victory out of the jaws of defeat. Jaws? Hmm. I wonder if that will play a role in our first story from my second cousin, James Kahn. Not that James Kahn. Former writer and producer on TV shows like Melrose Place and Star Trek Voyager, who went from the ER to E.T. faster than you can phone home. So I was working as a doctor at St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica at the time, an emergency room doctor. And we got a phone call from some woman saying, can anyone there help us figure out how to resuscitate an alien? <laughs> so the girl, girl at the front desk put her on hold, and she routed the call to another doctor down there, a guy named Bob Murphy. She said, you want to take this? Sounds like a crank call. So it turned out it was Kathleen Kennedy who was producing E.T., and she was looking for technical assistance on E.T.'s resuscitation seat. So Murphy told her to, to come on down to the ER, and we'd give her a demonstration of what we'd do. So she came down with Melissa Matheson, who wrote E.T., and we put on a little demo. I was the, uh, the victim. Murphy was the doctor pounding on my chest, and everyone was shouting out orders like we would in a real resuscitation. So they bought it. They really liked it. And they said, okay, you're hired. No money. Uh, but come on down to the set. So um, Murphy and uh, Alex Lamponi, the guy who ran the ER and I, and three or four nurses went down to Laird Studios, which is where they were filming E.T., where Gone with the Wind was shot, actually. So they were right in the midst of the scene of uh, E.T. was dying, so they dressed us all up in hazmat suits, and we were all the extras, and the doctors uh, circulating around and pounding on the little guy's chest and shouting out orders. They told us just to pretend this was a real resuscitation and shout out all the things that we would actually do. So, you know, an amp of bicarb, an amp of epi, as if, you know, that would help an alien from another planet. But <laughs> we just we just did it like that. And while we were there, I figured this is the only time I'd ever have an opportunity to meet Spielberg. So I got up uh, all my nerve, and the next day I brought in a copy of my science fiction book. I had just recently published... My first original sci-fi book was called uh, World Enough and Time. And so between takes, I kind of cornered him and said, I, I, this must happen to you all the time, but I wonder if you, I could give you my book, if you'd you know, take a look at it sometime. And if, you know, I'd love you to make a movie of it, of course, but, you know, just tell me what you think. And he was very gracious and said, uh, oh, sure, I'll put it on my shelf. And, you know, I'm real busy now, but when I get, get some time, so I said, oh, thank you. We went through the rest of the scene that day. Next day, we came back, got out, dressed up in our hazmat suits again. You can see me in the movie, but only if you don't blink. When E.T. flatlines and a bunch of doctors run in to save him, there's five doctors, and I'm the last one, and I'm holding a clipboard. Anyway, after that first take, P.A. runs up and says, Mr. Spielberg wants to see you. So I thought, oh, shit, you know, I did something wrong. I looked in the camera, you know. So I went over, and he said, you know, I read the first chapter, and we liked it a lot. Frank read it too, Frank Marshall. So I said, so you want to make a movie out of it? And he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want, you've got the gig of novelizing Poltergeist, which we're just in post-production on. 
But the deal is you have to be able to guarantee me you can write it in one month. So I, I thought for a nanosecond and thought, shit, I don't, I don't even know what the novelization is exactly. I don't know exactly how to write it. I'm scheduled to be working in the ER the entire next month. How can I ever do this? But I said, yeah, I can do it. I, of course, had the direct opposite experience when I gave one of my screenplays to Meg Ryan, who was in line behind me at a deli. Instead of leading to work like James' experience with Spielberg, Meg looked at me like a raptor from Jurassic Park. Lighten up, y'all, little megalomaniac. Anyway, our next guest is bass player Marcus Gonzalez from the IRS band Gren. Gren turned a trait Spinal Tap is known for, their punctuality, into a tour with one of rock music's greatest all-time bands. Touring with the Ramones was absolutely the highlight of my career as a musician. We were brought on to play five shows with them, and we were so new and so scared, but also so hungry that we just would go out there, play our music, do our thing for, you know, 28 minutes or whatever it was and get the fuck off the stage. And that was in between dodging pennies and bottles. And after our five shows, Johnny came up to us and said, hey, you Grins guys are pretty good. You know when to get the fuck off stage. And we said, gee, th- thanks, Johnny. And uh, about a week later, we got a call from our booking agent. They said, hey, the Ramones would like you to play some more shows with them. So we did it. We were on their Adios Amigos tour in 96, and we played everywhere from the racetrack in Connecticut to the Hollywood Palladium, which was fantastic. You know, we had friends that I grew up with acting as roadies just so they could get backstage and be on stage when the Ramones went on, and it was just super cool. Holy moly, I'm glad I wasn't sedated for that story. I better move on now. And our final guest is my friend Tracy Newman, who, before helping found the Groundlings Comedy Club in L.A. and creating the hit ABC sitcom According to Jim, became a master card manipulator like her then-boyfriend card trick legend Ricky Jay. Tracy almost needed a spinal tap after leaping in front of a golf cart to take advantage of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I started working doing women's hands in card games on television. And the Bob Hope show was doing a takeoff on the movie Paper Moon. And Diane Cannon was a guest and she was going to play the Tatum O'Neill part and be in a card game and deal and do fancy stuff. So they brought me in to do her hands. So, you know, I go to, I do, I'm at the rehearsal and somebody, this guy runs in with a makeup bibble, <laughs> you know, and it's Johnny Carson. Because he had heard that there was a woman doing cards. You know, he was at the studio, you know, that was NBC, so he's right at the next studio. And, you know, he introduces himself. <laughs> he says, he's watching me do the cards, and he's totally blown away. Anyway, and then he leaves. And I go uh, do my thing, and you know, the rehearsal. So then when it came to the, for the day to shoot the thing, which was two weeks later or something like that, I wrote a sketch for me to do with Ricky Jay on The Tonight Show. Long shot. 
I had it in a manila folder. I saw if I see Johnny Carson again, I'm going to give this to him or somebody related to the show. So I'm walking along to go to the Bob Hope thing. And I see a golf cart coming my way. And instead of getting out of the way, I stand in front of it. And it's Johnny Carson being driven. And they had to swerve to get out of my, you know, to not hit me and everything. I mean, you'd have been shot doing this today. So dangerous what I was doing. So they kept going and I ran after it and I handed Johnny the manila folder and I said, remember me, Tracy Newman, the woman who does cards? And he goes like this and then they keep going. So a couple of weeks go by and I get a call from Hank Bradford, who was the uh, head writer. And he said, we've rewritten that sketch for you and Johnny to do. So I did the sketch and then they said, okay, go back behind the curtain and wait. And if he calls you out, you're going to go be on the panel. So damned if he didn't call me out. And I, I was thinking, this is unbelievable to me. Wow, Tracy could have become the latest golf cart traffic statistic, but instead got to be on The Tonight Show with Carson himself. All I got to say about that is, hey If you enjoyed this TMEP show, Quick Tap, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. And if you have any of your own Spinal Tap moments you want to share, drop us a line at hello at tmepshow.com. Who knows, maybe we'll feature you on our next Quick Tap. Thanks for joining me today. I'm Alan Keller. Tune in next week when Alex and I return for a full episode of Too Much Effing Perspective. Although it would be as great as having armadillos in our trousers, this podcast is not affiliated with This Is Spinal Tap, and no person or entity connected with the film has sponsored or endorsed its content. This podcast is not affiliated, sponsored, or licensed by Authorized Spinal Tap LLC, or Century of Progress Productions. Too Much Effing Perspective is a Milwaukee Talkies original. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. Evergreen Podcast Network.